And right now we are joined by none other than Lehi Dominguez, who's going to be our main event in just a couple of weeks. Lehi, we are so excited to have you on the show. It's been a while since we've seen you in the cage. We miss you. How have you been doing? Yeah, been good, man. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time just uh, focusing on my career. Uh, I'm in the military, so you know that's that's always a priority, uh, focusing on family, things like that. So, but no, I'm I'm excited to get back in it. We we have definitely missed you in there, but uh, first of all, thank you for your service, and we hope your family's yeah. doing well on top of that. We kind of talked right before we started this up, and you said that you were just exhausted, that you've just been getting ready and stuff like that. What is your typical day-to-day like with this camp going on? Uh, this this camp's been, uh, it's been different. So because I'm full-time military, normally a camp, when I'm in fight camp, we'll get like one or two sessions a day, just depending on the workday. And so the last six years, I've been a recruiter, and that, like, that consumes your entire day, right? So if you get in – sometimes if you get if you get in one just solid training session, you're good, right? This camp, uh, I'm now an instructor for it's, – it's called Basic Leader Course for the Army. So we get, three, we get three weeks on, on cycle, and then we have two weeks off. So I'm on my first week off. And so this is actually the first time in my career that I've been able to train full-time, like a actual full-time athlete. So wake up, get my cardio in, um, you know, get my rest. I'm eating properly. And then I'm right back in the gym with team in the evening. That's incredible. So are you, so where are you primarily training? I know you're at a GEMA sometimes. I know you're also at the pit. What's your primary gym right now? Uh, so primary right now has been a Gima. Um, I was living in Provo for a long time. Now I live in Santa Quinn, which is now we're away from the pit. So it's a lot harder to get up there. So normally I'll try to get up there for sparring if I can. Uh, but because a is so close, it's, that's my primary gym right now. That's where I've been training. Yeah. I've got to ask you, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in that room as well to be completely yeah. candid. And there's so many great people there who have been some of your main yeah. training partners, sparring partners and things like that. Who's been helping you get ready specifically? Uh, so mainly I, I've actually been training a lot with Julian. I was helping him for his fight. Uh, so before the, before it fell through the first time I was with him, like every Thursday sparring, uh, then down at a Gima, it's just, uh, it's all the up and comers, you know. You got Andrew, Andrew Mickelson, Tyler Call, you got uh, Alden, Marco's there, Court's there. So it's it's a lot of Siler's there. So it's just a lot of different looks. Um, so, but I, I get different looks from both camps, but primarily at at the pit. Like my favorite guy is Julian. We beat the hell out of each other. What was it like watching Julian just a couple of weeks ago? Absolutely light up that high school at Clearfield High School. Dude, it, I was so happy for him. Like, for me, there's no – like, we all train super hard. When he gets in the zone, that guy's just like – there's no rest. And so just – I mean, being a fighter, you know, having your teammates, going through the grind with them, seeing them succeed, it's just like one of the best feelings, right? It's, it's like a coach. Um, you're just – you're so happy to see your teammates win. And, like – Dude, he put on a phenomenal performance. I, I was telling you, I lost my voice because I was just going crazy. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And, and I do want to talk a little bit more about, about you and your career. I mean, this year is going to mark 11 years since you've started fighting MMA. 
And so I just kind of want to ask you about that journey. What has it been like and where have you seen MMA grow over the last 11 years? Because I mean, back in 2012, the sport was a lot different than it is now. It's a lot more mainstream now than it ever was 10, 11 years ago. So I'll give, I'll give you a little correction. I actually started in 2010. Oh, so I apologize. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. Um, but no, it's been 13 years. Uh, when I started, I mean, you. when I started, the biggest show that you wanted to fight on was Showdown. Like, because I started at the pit down in Orem. So like my dream was just fight for Showdown, fight for Showdown. Like that was the dream. I didn't care about anything else. But obviously, you know, they had so many talented fighters back then. I mean, that was whenever you had almost everybody in the UFC. We had Brock Jardine. I mean, Jason South was in a big promotion. You had Berkman, Core, Seiler, Ramsey, just pretty much like every single guy on the fight team was in the UFC or some big promotion. Uh, but no, it's and then Steel Fist came through and mad love to Steel Fist. They, they're the ones that gave me my first shot. And so, but yeah, seeing back then, seeing like all the talented fighters that we had, uh, whenever I was coming up through the ranks and then now it's just these guys, man, there's like, there's no more easy fights. Like you get all these young, talented, explosive guys and everyone's like well-rounded. So it's, you know, the fights, look at the last couple of fierce cards from top to bottom, stunning performances. Like you're looking at these amateurs, like with one or two fights and you're like, man, they're looking good. You know, it's, it's pretty huge transition plus utah mma is getting more recognized there's there's gyms everywhere now like almost in every city right so it's definitely blown up since i started yeah so back in 2013 i mean you did mention you were at the pit i know a lot of people who started off at the pit and that really was kind of like the main spot to be at uh back in the day and i mean still with kent mafaleo and julian you yourself as well yeah. as so many others um but how many i mean how hard was it to kind of find good reps in Utah 13 years ago. I mean, how difficult was it all that time ago? Because I mean, there wasn't a gym in every single major city in the state because now there is that. And so, you know, the talent is kind of spread throughout. Yeah. No, I, I looked at when I, I feel very blessed because I started when the, I was there from day one with the pit. So, you know, we were, we were the Academy. I think it was like Throwdown. Then it was the Academy. Um, like they went through all these name changes and then it became the pit, right? And I, I saw the pit as like the mecca for Utah fighters. So you're getting guys back in the day, you had like Lucas Montoya, all these guys that would just come down to Orem just to train at our gym. So it we never hurt for training partners. Like any single day, you're in a lion's pen. Like, I mean, Rad Martinez was fighting back then. Uh, just so many great fighters. But uh, anyways... Um, back then it was just, that's how I felt. I felt like every single sparring, I was being thrown to the lions and I'm like completely green. Uh, I don't think I had my first fight till 2011, uh, cause they made me wait a year, but it was just like after every single, I mean, practice, I'm just going home with bruises, black eyes. So by the time you get to the fight, it was like, you're ready. Cause you, you just trained with nonstop killers, right? What kept you going when there were those tough practices and things like that? I mean, obviously you have to have some sort of a love and a passion for it. And I mean, yeah. to still be doing it at such a high level, obviously you've been around for quite some time. What 
kind of kept you going during those hard rounds, those hard practices, those yeah. long injuries, things like that? Uh, so I, I dreamed. I dreamed of being a boxer growing up. Um, so I'm Hispanic, first generation, uh, Mexican-American. And so we grew up watching boxing. Oscar de la Hoya, that was my guy. And so, you know, growing up, it was just always a dream to be a boxer. But then, you know, I joined the military at, at 18. That took over. But when I found uh, when I found MMA in 2010, I had just come back from, I was supposed to get sent to Iraq for the fourth time. And that's whenever I found uh, the pit. And my very first class was jujitsu. And I just fell in love. Like, it was just, like, love at first sight. Like, I just wanted to go back the next day over and over again. And my main thing keeping me going, though, was at first it was like a bucket list just to have a fight, right? Just to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm an MMA fighter. I was green. I didn't know anything. But after that first fight, after that first win, I, it, it wasn't enough. I was like, okay, was, was that a fluke? You know, like, you know, what, what was it? But there was always something in me that kept me pushing forward. You know, I, I call it my spiritual journey. So from just being a bucket list, having a fight, I wanted to prove myself. And I wanted to continue to prove myself over and over and over again. And once I felt I had nothing to prove, then I just fell into that love of the martial arts journey, right? I didn't want to be known as a fighter anymore. So no matter how bad the practices were, I mean, Ramsey Nijum, that's our coach at the pit now. I love him. That dude used to whoop my ass. Like, he used to beat my ass at practice. Uh, but I just... I see, I see MMA like life, you know, the more that you go through those, the more that you go through that adversity, you grow. Right. And I've never, I've never been the person to stay stagnant in life. I'm constantly evolving. I always, I always say like, I always want to become the best version of myself and MMA, like that's what it became. It became a a complete evolution to where, you know, I'm just seeing myself grow. I'm seeing myself do these things that I never knew how to do before, but it was because I had to go through the grinds at the beginning. Now, uh, I just made a post about it. I was like, I feel like this is the number one healthiest thing that you could do as an adult, you know, that's video game related because, you know, like Adesanya, he always talks about it. Like, you feel like you're in the matrix, you're doing all these crazy things. And that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm in a video game where I'm just doing these crazy combo shooting. And I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> it, it so. and you're completely out of body. Can you remember a specific moment in a fight where you maybe felt like you were having kind of like that Adesanya moment, that video game moment? Uh, I don't know. Like every 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 fight's been so different for me. Um, I would probably say this last one was 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 like that because you know I, I was wanting to strike and all of a sudden he's trying to take me down. And then my body is just like, shoot, boom. And then we're wrestling. And then uh, there was one part where he had me in a deep rear naked choke. Like, it was deep. And same thing. It was just like, I didn't think about it. I didn't even panic. It was just like, pull. And then I just turned in. So just things like that that you just do, you're not thinking about it. Your body's just like, all right, let's go. Time to move. What came first? Was it the MMA career or was it the boxing career? Uh, MMA came first. I started MMA in 2010 at the pit. Uh, after my first fight in 2011, 
I met my boxing coach, Shane Stoneman, and he was straight boxing. So, you know, my first year I was learning, you know, your basic striking, jujitsu. Um, so I was mainly jujitsu Muay Thai when I started. Like I was a jujitsu Muay Thai guy. I met Shane and he's the one that really started helping me, you know, uh, develop my striking. But it was with a boxing mindset, right? Or it was a boxing background. So that's what really helped me fall in love with boxing because it's just like just the way that it transitions into MMA. And I just, I just love boxing. Like it's so much fun. You don't have to worry about nobody shooting on you. It's just like, all right, let's go. Let's, you know, move around. Um, and then my coach got me our first fight. It was, a uh, it was in Salt Lake, um, kids hometown. And I, it was just, it was awesome. They're like three, one minute rounds. I didn't, I was just like, all right, I took it like an MMA fight. Like, let's just go, let's brawl. And we threw down for three minutes and I, I came out with the victor. Uh, my second one was in Wyoming. That one was fun. Uh, we were fighting the local kid. The judges screwed me over. It is what it is. But, you know, they put me in the main event and they were like building it up. They're like, oh, there's this UFC guy. He's the main event. He's fighting this guy. I was like, Dude, it's not UFC, it's MMA. But uh, that that was that was a fun one too. I, I definitely want to do more boxing matches, but um, I love both. What is it like headed into another main event, you know, with a kind of a step up in competition, a tough bout uh, upcoming, but on top of that, it's also just a really, really awesome opportunity to be able to headline for a fear show. Uh, for me, it's, it's a culmination of, 13 years of just dedication you know for me i'm big on respect and i think like that's all i've ever wanted in the mma community is just to have that love have that respect you know be recognized as one of the ogs that that's been here doing this for i mean 13 years and so you know fear is giving me this opportunity i just thought it's pure love that you know they recognize what i've done for the sport they recognize, you know, what I've done for Utah MMA. And just the fact that people are still tuning in to watch me fight, you know, it's just, it's special. Especially in this, you know, I would say late in my career. Um, but at this point in my career, to have another main event opportunity, it's it's amazing. Like, nothing but respect to my opponent. But for me, like, I've taken training from here to up there. Like, the, it's just that mindset is sharp. It's sharper than it's ever been. And just knowing that I have another main event opportunity is like, I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> you mentioned kind of, you said later in your career. I'm yeah. curious, how much longer do you think you want to do this, Lehi? Until my body breaks down, bro. Like, uh, no, I, it's, it's crazy. Cause you know, like you look at Jorge Masvidal, he was like, oh, if I lose my next fight, I'm going to retire. Right. And I've had those moments. Like I had that moment in my last fight. I've had it uh, even early, you know, as an amateur where I was like, do I want to keep doing this? You know, constantly thinking about retiring. And I don't know, like there's just something in me that just never, like it's never going to quit. So the way that I look at it, as long as I can breathe, as long as I can train, as long as I can keep up with these younger guys, like I'll keep going to the wheels fall off. You talk about, you know, being relatively relentless. I mean, it seems like 
you have this this passion and this desire to continue to compete, which is very admirable. And it, it seems like you are even improving on top of what you have. That being said, where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that constant desire comes from? So uh, I'm glad you brought this up, Blake. Uh, for me, my entire life has been trauma. You know, as a as a young kid, I didn't really have a good relationship with my with my father. Uh, there was a lot of childhood issues there. I grew up being bullied uh, by my brother, by people at school, and so you know, I went through a horrible divorce. You know, 19 years in the military. Just there's so many layers of trauma that I've had in my life, and you know, there's there's been suicidal thoughts, you know, there's been alcohol issues, all the things that most people would take their life or just give up. And so last year, uh, before my last fight, my best friend passed away to cancer. And then my grandma passed away to cancer a couple months later. And that happened after I had another issue with depression earlier in the year in February, same year of my fight. So for me, this relentless attitude, it just comes from a pure happiness of being alive because there's no reason I should be here. You know, I've been overseas three times, twice to Iraq, uh, just all the things that I faced in my life and, you know, all the mental issues, different things like that. There's no reason I should be here. But for me, MMA has saved my life. Like it's given me purpose. It's given me growth. It's given me a solid foundation. It's just pure love when I do it because when I'm training physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I'm dialed in. I'm the best version of Lehigh Dominguez that there is. And when I'm in training, I'm doing better everywhere in life as a father, as a husband, you know, as a soldier. And so for me, just knowing that I, I can make a difference for the future generations, like letting them know, look at me, someone that I could have given up a million times, but I kept fighting. And through the depression, the anxiety, through divorce, just everything that you can imagine that could break somebody down, I'm still standing. And when I get my hand raised, when I'm being successful in life, it's just showing anybody that don't give up, please. Like you can do anything you put your life, you can put it, you can do anything in life that you put your mind to. You can overcome everything that's come before you. Me and my father have the best relationship now. Love him to death. Shout out dad, shadow dad. Um, and life is good. I got remarried. I've never been happier in my marriage. My wife, Leslie, shout out baby. Um, my daughter, Tatiana. Like I just feel extremely blessed and grateful to be alive. And so MMA is giving me a platform to just show people like when you don't give up, you can do, you can do anything, anything. So you're bringing a tear to my eye, Lehigh, my goodness. That's, um, <laughs> that's incredible stuff. And I, and I appreciate you opening up about that. Um, that all being said, is it almost, I mean, you, you, you said it that MMA kind of saved your life. Do you think that that's part of the reason why you never want to stop. Like, do you think that's why you're like, until the wheels fall off, this is a part of my life because this has been the anchor that has kept me afloat for so long. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I think, you know, whenever you, 
when you leave that fighter mentality and you embark on that martial arts journey, you know, I constantly saw, I, I consistently saw my life improving through martial arts. And the time that I would step away from the gym, even though I'll stay active, you know, lifting weights, running, when you get into the gym with your brothers, with your sisters, like that's your family. And, you know, just, just that feeling of peace of love that I feel in the gym, you know, just being able to know that, hey, I can defend myself at any time. If there's bullies, I know how to de-escalate these situations now. Um, if I need to defend a loved one, you know, I can do that. And so it's just, it's really been a huge part of my identity of my purpose, MMA. So for me, it's just like the longer I fight, the more that I can give back to the up and coming fighters, you know, sharing that knowledge, sharing my experiences, like definitely that's what keeps me involved. If, if there's no reason to what you're doing, like, why are you doing it? Right. And if I didn't find a fulfillment or purpose in MMA or even in the military, then I'm moving on to something else. Uh, but there's still like, it still fills my heart with so much love and I'm 38 years old. Like I'm up there. And just the fact that I can still do what I do on the level that I do, you know, train with the still the toughest competition, the veterans, the newcomers. I'm just like, like, yeah, let's keep doing this because I could pass away tomorrow. You know, you never know when it's your time. I lost my best friend last year. He was only a couple of years older than me. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do everything that I love while I can, you know, until I can't do it anymore. I, I mean, you've been saying some, some unbelievable stuff. Um, and I, I just want to bring up something that I specifically was so impressed by and also was so happy for. I, 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 uh, I remember I was at a show and you proposed to your now, I believe, wife in the cage. Can you just kind of break down what happened? How did that all get planned out? Did everyone know that was going to happen? I mean, can you just break that whole thing down for us? That's got to be one of the happiest moments of your entire life. Yeah. Uh, so it was crazy. It was literally a week before the fight, right? Uh, we just got out of COVID. It was the first Pierce card back. Um, and I was just like, it was that last week. So I'm just fine tuning. You know, we're doing our, doing our cardio, staying sharp, but nothing crazy. And I just remember at the beginning of the week, I was just feeling grateful. And like, I, I call them downloads, intuition, whatever you want to call it. And it literally just hit me. It's just like, you know what? I actually, what's crazy is I was in a car crash earlier that month. Like I got T-boned, me and my daughter. And so we got a large settlement and uh, it finally cleared uh, literally like before the fight. And so I, I just remember thinking like I want to I want to give this woman the fairy tale of her life. I want this to be the best love story ever. And I was like, what bigger way to propose than after my fight doing what I love the most or doing one of the things I love the most in life. And so I texted her mom, I called her dad, asked permission. Um they said yes, it was all good. I didn't tell nobody. I didn't tell my coaches. I didn't, I, it was just like, I, I told the guys at Fierce, I think it was Jason, Zach, and I was just like, hey, can I propose after the fight? Cody Bunderson. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's all good. And so literally like everything, when they say the universe conspires to make you happy, I'm, I'm living proof because 
it went from an idea. I had the money. I went to Sierra West. They had the perfect ring, you know, perfect size, perfect deal. I'm like, okay, I got the ring, <clears throat> made it to the fight. And I mean, it wasn't the result I, I wanted, but nothing taken, taking nothing away from Julius, really a great fighter. But, you know, it was like whenever he had the heel hook, I was just kind of like, you know what? I really don't care. I'm about to propose to the woman of my dreams. And so I was just like, I think you guys saw the picture and I was smiling and I was just like, all right, cool. You got me, bro. You're the first person to ever give me a solid submission or whatever. Uh, but I, I didn't care. It was just like, there was no nerves because I was so calm about it. It was, it was special. She didn't see it coming. Um, and just having everyone there, just being shocked. It was just like, I loved it. It was, it was the perfect proposal. Like, I don't think I've ever, I've seen other fighters try to do it, but I feel like I did it the best. <laughs> <laughs> what, where was the ring? I just got, I mean, <laughs> where was it? Uh, that was at the Maverick center. Was it in the co- Was it in someone's pocket? Like who handed it off to you once? Oh, you- oh no, no. Um, I, uh, what did I do? I think I, I had that Rockwell button up t-shirt. So that's actually why I wore the button up t-shirt. Cause I think I put it in there oh, or I okay. gave it to my coach. One of the two, I, I, I can't remember, but I can't remember either. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. That was a while, but yeah, literally afterwards, my coaches were like, I didn't even know you were going to do that. I was like, I know I didn't tell nobody. <laughs> Lehigh really quick. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, any sponsors that you have to shout out, give a big thanks to, I know there's, there's a lot that back you up and help you to uh, be the fighter that you are in that cage. So we got, of course, Water and Wellness. Hopefully that comes in. Um, I've known them for years. Walter Hogan, that's my brother. He was at my wedding. He was, my, he was in my line. Uh, my brand new one, Drink Elevate. These guys are amazing. Hydrogen Water, uh, U.S. Cryotherapy, um, Bucked Up. They've been huge. Like They've been helping me out since my last fight. So Ryan Gardner, Jeff Gardner, you guys, thank you. Uh, Relentless uh, MMA. Uh, let's see who else is there. Oh, Rockwell watches, baby. So uh, Rich Eagan, Johnny Rockwell. There's just there's some uh, there's there's a couple of that helped me out behind the scenes. So, but those those are my main ones. So love those guys. Well, Lehigh, last question from me. I just wanted to ask okay. you. All these years, all these matchups, a main event coming up. What has been the highlight of your MMA career so far? Oh, man. Uh, my last fight. Uh, definitely my last fight. Um, I had, like I said, it was a, it was a severe depression. I was, I was down. Like, you know, it was, I, I was spiraling hard. I Thank God, you know, I went to this uh, resilience training, saved my life to help me like, you know, deal with my thought process, different things like that. Help me deal with everything that I was going through. So literally while I was on the, you know, men's of this depression, I'm training, like training was the only thing that kept me sane. And then March of that same March of last year, like I said, you know, my best friend, my brother passed away and, and there was something mentally that just switched where um, 
I was just like, you know what? I'm doing this for my brother. I'm, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for everybody that's ever been kicked down and, you know, wasn't helped out, wasn't helped back up. And so having that dominant performance like I did, uh, Parrington, he was tough. He was tough. Um, but to, to break him like I did, and then afterwards, you know, to be able to have that moment to where I could kneel, you know, point to my brother and tell him thank you. Uh, that, that means more than any of the belts. That means more than any of the title shots, main events. Like, for me, I could have retired then and been happy. Uh, so that, that, that was definitely the, that was the diamond of my career. For me, this main event, any fight after this, that's just a cherry on top. Like, I've had a very rewarding journey. Um, I've had some amazing coaches, teammates, gyms in my life. Like, I just blessed. So, well, yeah, definitely the last fight. Well, we hope for many, many more cherries on top. On on top, I apologize, <laughs> Lehigh. You are incredible. Thank you so yeah. much for the time. We really appreciate it. Of course, Blake. Thanks for having me on.